Park podcast where we compare theme park offerings from coast to coast. We don't always see eye to eye, but in the end, we try. CJ, how are you on this fine <laughs> Tuesday afternoon? I'm okay. We should tell our audience that this is the second time we're recording this episode because of some issues. Yeah, we recorded this episode two days ago, and I went to go start editing it today, and I could not hear myself at all. Like, I started, what I do is I slap the music track down, and then I slap, like, our track down, and I figure out, okay, when ours needs to start compared to the music, and then, like, fade the music in, as you hear in our intro. But before I do that, like, I can usually hear us talking over the music, and I'm watching it, my mouth is moving, and I cannot hear a thing. And I went, uh-oh. And I went to the original recording, and I paused the music, and I listened to me and CJ, and I was, like, quiet as a church mouse, and CJ was like, I am Thanos the Destroyer! <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so we scrapped it and said, let's troubleshoot this, and shout out to my buddy Julian for helping us figure that out, because we... This, I don't think we would have figured it out, to be honest. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Julian. Well, should we talk about what this episode is? Yeah, this is going to be my least favorite episode of this entire season, because <laughs> today <laughs> we are talking about Tower of Terror and Mission Breakout with a special shout out to Cosmic Rewind. Yes, so... We wanted to include Cosmic Rewind somewhere in the e-ticket season because obviously it is an e-ticket, but there's really no comparison that we can do. But it does tie in with that Guardians of the Galaxy theme that we see at Mission Breakout in California. There's some crossover there. So we're going to be doing Tower of Terror at Hollywood Studios versus the original Tower of Terror at DCA. And then Tower of Terror at Hollywood Studios versus Mission Breakout at DCA. And then Mission Breakout versus Cosmic Rewind. So three different comparisons today. So let's kick it off with our favorite things, Allie. So my general favorite thing about all of the tower rides is when I get off of the ride and I am on solid ground again. Uh, I don't like heights. I don't like falling. I don't like falling faster than the speed of falling. Um, I like being on the ground. Ground is safe. Ground is life. Ground is love. Um, <laughs> but more specifically, for uh, we're going to start with the Hollywood Studios Tower of Terror. I am absolutely fascinated by the way that they engineered that ride with the multiple shafts, with the horizontal movement. I just think that is really cool. So my favorite part about the Hollywood Studios Tower of Terror is that there's props and other things that specifically relate back to certain episodes of the twilight zone i really like that show i still watch it sometimes it's a good show if you haven't seen it and you're into like sci-fi kind of stuff uh so i like looking at the things in the ride and in the queue and like figuring out what episode they came from for the california adventure version um before i go into my favorite thing cj i think you need to give a little bit of backstory on your history with the california <laughs> adventure version of tower of terror so basically every summer for i don't know several years 2005 to 2008 ish we would you and i and our friend Kristen, who we called Krizzle, would go with go to california adventure in the afternoon I, we wouldn't. We didn't spend that much time in Disneyland for some reason. It always came back to DCA. Um, so our mom 
would take us and the three of us would just run around and then she'd have us all home in time for dinner, basically. Um, so Crizzle and I really liked Tower of Terror. Allie did not. And back then it was pretty easy to get on the ride. So we would just go, the two of us would go and do that really quick and Allie would sit out. Yeah. So my favorite thing about the California Adventure Tower of Terror was the cast members because everybody was always really nice to me. Um, if I went through them, if I went through the line with CJ and Crizzle, they would be really nice about letting me take the chicken exit, as we fondly call it. If I didn't <laughs> wait in line with them, they were always really nice about letting me hang out in the view your photo area. Nobody really bothered me. Everybody was like really, really chill. So thank you, Tower of Terror cast members. Yeah, yeah. So that ties back into my favorite part about the California Adventure Tower of Terror is how easy it was to get on that ride in the first few years of its operation. Um, I used to be scared of that ride, to be honest, and I just went on it so often I memorized the drop sequence and I was okay with it. And it was just really easy to get a fast pass for or sometimes even just have like a 10, 15 minute wait, especially in the afternoon on a weekday. You know, those were the best summers, I think, truly. Yes, they were so fun. <laughs> yeah. So for Mission Breakout, my favorite thing from the ride through that I watched uh, it's the queue. It looks really cool. It's really, really detailed. And I feel like you could go through the queue 20 times and see something different that you haven't noticed before every time. Yeah. And for me, it's the things that you can see in the queue that make that a really cool experience too. Cosmic Rewind. My favorite part is the launch. Um, it's just like that hit of adrenaline when you just finally start going is, oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it's not just the launch, but it's like how the ride feels all the way through. It just is so smooth. It feels like you're flying. Like they've got that motion really figured out. It's not like jerky. You don't really come to any like sudden stops. There's a slowdown moment, but it's not like you're <clears throat> like leaning forward, you know, <laughs> like it just like gradually slows down, speeds up at the right times. And it's a really a well-designed ride from the imagineering of the the, the physical feeling side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with you there. So CJ, when did Tower of Terror open at Hollywood Studios? Tower of Terror opened July 22nd, 1994. And at California Adventure, Tower of Terror was open from May 5th, 2004 to January 3rd, 2017. And Mission Breakout, oh, sorry, Mission Breakout, I'm going to do this one. Mission Breakout at DCA opened May 25th, 2017 for its soft open, and it premiered two days later on May 27th, 2017. And Cosmic Rewind opened on May 5th, 2022 as the soft open. The official premiere opening date was May 27th, 2022. Yeah, so something interesting I kind of noticed is Cosmic Rewind soft opened 18 years after Tower of Terror opened at DCA, and it had its full premiere five years exactly after Mission Breakout at DCA opened. So yeah, and kind of Mission Breakout, Mission Breakout's opening was timed with the release of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah, cool. All right, shall we move on to fun facts, history and trivia? Yeah, one thing that I found that was interesting about that pertains to all of the Towers of Terror worldwide um, the Tokyo version of Tower of Terror takes place in the Hotel Hightower, and it does not follow a Twilight Zone storyline. Uh, Rod Serling, who is was the host of the Twilight Zone, 
uh, deceased when the ride was opening. So they use archival footage for the in-ride video. Uh, the voice is provided by Mark Silverman. And he was cast in part by Carol Serling, who is Rod Serling's widow. Yeah, I don't know if you just said this. I'm sorry. But for those of you who don't know, Rod Serling was the narrator slash host of the original Twilight Zone TV show. So that's kind of a big deal. They like got him in there visually, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, so, oh yeah, in the Hotel Hightower at Tokyo, that ties back into the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, and I swear, we need to do an episode, or a whole season on that. The season. The season. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really feel like every time we mention it, I just get more and more excited about doing something like that, so... Yeah, I will uh, get my bulletin board and some red yarn and we'll, we'll unravel <laughs> we'll figure this it mystery. Out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. All right, fun facts for the Hollywood Studios Tower of Terror. So it came about because a drop ride or a fall ride was planned at Disneyland Paris, which at the time was called Euro Disneyland still, um, but they ended up scrapping that idea. So uh, when MGM Studios was looking to build a new ride, they like picked it back up from Disneyland Paris basically, and developed uh, Tower of Terror. Uh, during the development stage, several different haunted ride ideas were proposed, but eventually they decided upon the Twilight Zone as the set the backdrop. Um, and Disney has licensed the rights to use Twilight Zone from CBS. The ride was announced on September 30th, 1991, and they actually had a site chosen to build the ride, and they started clearing the land and all that, but then they found a sinkhole, so they had to move to the new the location Question. that was shown. Yeah. Do you know where it was supposed to go? I don't know. I could probably figure that out with further research, but I don't okay. know off the top of my head. Fair enough. Carry on. The interior and exterior takes its inspiration from the Biltmore Hotel and Mission Inn and other Spanish colonial revival architecture in Southern California. And you and I have been to the Mission Inn in Riverside. It's not that far from Disneyland, probably like 30 minutes or so, 40 minutes, mm -hmm. maybe. Depending on traffic. And Yes. And I would say I see the similarities. I see the inspiration there for sure. So if you're looking for something new to do, kind of related to Disney, maybe go check out the Mission Inn. And the backside of Tower of Terror at Hollywood Studios blends in with the Morocco Pavilion at Epcot. Those two parks are geographically pretty close to each other, and you can see Tower of Terror from Epcot, um, but it lines up with Morocco, so it kind of makes sense. And I already said this ride opened July 22nd, 1994. That actually also marked the open of Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood Studios, which at the time, MGM Studios. It is the second tallest attraction at Walt Disney World. It's 199 feet. Number one is Expedition Everest, which is only half a foot taller, 199.5. From its opening date until May 1996, it only had one drop, like one big drop. And then they changed it to two drops um, from then until 1999. And then the randomized multi-drop sequences were added in January 2003. And it was the very first ride at Walt Disney World to offer on-ride videos. Initially, the ride vehicles held 22 guests, which were restrained by lap bars. And in 2002, they removed a seat from the back row and seat belts were added instead of lap bars. Now, I want to, I really want to like go back and look at pictures and count seats because I'm not sure how true that it is that they had 22 guests in an elevator and now they don't i'm just a little i don't i don't see where they would remove a seat from i'm a little confused about that so. 
I'm just, I'm still stuck on the lap bars thing, because if you think about a small person sitting in the same row as a larger person, and it's one lap bar, oh boy, you're going to go flying. <laughs> well, no, they had individual ones. I thought it was, I thought it was one lap bar. No, it, like but per seat, even, the lap bar. I'm pretty so, sure. Lap bars, not the best idea, because, no. oh my gosh, you're going to, you're going to go up into the air, and it's going to, it just makes it even worse. Yeah, I well, I really like the lap belts, the seat belts, because like yeah. they they like snap onto you, and once they're on there, you can't like pull them up any further. You can't get any slack, so you're really yeah. caught in there. Yeah, and that's a good thing. You want to stay secure on that ride. Um, <laughs> don't carry any loose objects unless you don't mind them hitting the ceiling. Uh, right. Anyways, <laughs> so for Tower of Terror or Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout at California Adventure, this is the tallest building at the Disneyland Resort, also clocking in at 199 feet. This is also one of the tallest buildings in Anaheim. It is actually the third tallest building in Anaheim and the number 31 tallest building in all of Orange County, according to the list of tallest buildings in Orange County on ocalmanac.com. Mission Breakout is the first Disney attraction based on Marvel characters in the U.S. Uh, James Gunn directed all the scenes that involved the cast of the movie. Uh, Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Benicio Del Toro, and Bradley Cooper all reprised their roles, but Vin Diesel did not come back to portray Groot. He was replaced by voice actor Fred Tataschiori, uh, with apologies to Fred for mispronouncing his last name there, as I'm sure I did. Uh, due to Marvel's contract with the Universal theme parks, the Marvel brand can't be used as part of the ride's title or in any advertising. Uh, the, there is a Halloween overlay for Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, and it is called Monsters After Dark. I have not been on this, um, but from what I read, you can see one of the characters who dies in the second movie return as a ghost in the monsters after dark experience yeah i never i never made it out to do the monsters after dark experience i it just didn't i it didn't happen for me i would love to do it but i'll have to go back yeah okay trip yeah so cosmic rewind at epcot um it takes place in the wonders of xandar pavilion now if you've never been to epcot before you might not know that there is different pavilions for different things like there's the land pavilion, the sea pavilion, all that. So it's kind of a play on that. And it's the first other world pavilion they've had at Epcot. Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, and Glenn Close reprise their roles. And Terry Crews makes an appearance both on the attraction and in the pre-show as a new, crea a new character created specifically for the ride. Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel were not involved in the project. And there is a Christmas over overlay. Um, we, they've only had one holiday season that they've operated. So going forward, no telling what they'll do. But the very first Christmas season, there was a Christmas overlay with a special song called Run, Run, Rocket. Yeah. And with all of the Christmas music that is out there from the appropriate time period, and they picked one song and redid it, like, come on. You could have. Yeah. You, you can do. You can do it to last Christmas, and that would work perfectly. Yeah, it wasn't super popular, but I enjoyed it, and I thought it was funny and different, and all that. But, okay, I only have three more fun facts about the ride. Um, it was. It's the longest fully enclosed coaster in any Disney park. 
It's a very long coaster. And the whole attraction covers more than 200,000 square feet. And Allie, I don't think you ever went on this ride, but before Cosmic Rewind was there, there was a ride called Ellen's, uh, Ellen's Energy Adventure, which used to be the universe of energy. And it was this big, dark ride. You were in these um, trackless vehicles moving through different show scenes. It took about 20 to 30 minutes. Wow. And from what I've heard, the just the queue and the pre-show area takes the footprint of the old ride. Like it's that's the area it takes up. I don't know how true that is. I would have to go back and look at like historical Google satellite imagery to do some comparison, but that's what I've heard. Um, and it's in a massive building. You can see it. They painted it blue to, to blend in with the sky, obviously, but you can see it from the parking lot and inside the park. And the storyline of the ride takes place outside of the official canon and timeline. So if you are like a diehard Guardians fan, it might be a little confusing to you, but hopefully that clears it up. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it because, you know, it's not canon. Right. So Hollywood Studios, Tower of Terror. CJ, where can one find that attraction? It's at the very end of Sunset Boulevard. You just kind of take a right and it's in the back corner between Rock and Roller Coaster and the Fantasmic Theater as well as the Beauty and the Beast Theater. It's kind of shoved in the corner back there. Tower of Terror slash Mission Breakout at California Adventure. Uh, so Tower of Terror was in Hollywood Land in the back corner next to Bugs Land and Hyperion Theater. Mission Breakout is still in the same location, but they have redrawn the lines on the map to make it part of Avengers Campus when that land opened in 2021. Uh, that is where Bugs Land used to be. Yes. Cosmic Rewind at Epcot is in World Discovery. So not that long ago, maybe like one or two years ago, they changed Future World into three little lands. And so this one's called World Discovery. It's on the left side if you enter the park. It's near Connections Cafe and the site of what should be the Play Pavilion. It used to be called the Wonders of Life Pavilion. It's a gold dome roof building that I don't know what they're doing. I think the Play Pavilion is canceled and it's just sitting there walled off. They're, they're thinking about it. They're still thinking about it. <laughs> okay. Next up, should we talk about the queue and the exterior? I think we should, CJ. Okay. We'll start with the oldest attraction here in Tower of Terror at Hollywood Studios. So you walk down Sunset Boulevard, and it looks like a real 1940s boulevard in Los Angeles. The road ends, and you turn a corner to approach Tower of Terror. And it kind of looms in the distance on a it's a little bit higher up than the rest of the buildings and it's surrounded by all this lush greenery and trees the queue references typical hotel offerings like tennis courts the pool with little directional signs and stuff but everything is a little bit decrepit and it's pretty obvious it's been abandoned and actually when you enter the queue there's a gate that's been like broken open and a little sign on it that says keep out. There are some parts of the queue that are covered with fans, but a lot of it is outside. Um, thankfully, there are a lot of trees there, so it does stay pretty shady. Um, but if it's raining, good luck. Uh, hopefully the line is short and you can get inside quickly. <laughs> so then eventually you enter the lobby. And by the way, right before you enter the lobby, sometimes hanging out on the balcony is Max and Goofy. So what? Keep an eye out for them. Yeah. That, I think the idea is like they're going on vacation. That is so incongruous with like the rest I know. of the theming. That makes I know. Sense. Oh. Yes. I don't like that. I think, they, I think they're carrying around luggage or something. So they're like on vacation. But anyways. Oh, gosh. So you enter the lobby and it's very grand and opulent. Um, 
very ornate, just really beautiful, but it's covered in cobwebs everywhere and it's been abandoned. And it looks like it's been abandoned like in a specific moment because people's luggage is still sitting there next to the check-in desk. So after you walk by the check-in desk, um, there's a cast member there who merges the lightning lane people with the standby people. And then you'll be directed to one of two smaller lobbies. Um, they're kind of like libraries or sitting rooms. And on your way to those lobbies, you'll see a broken down elevator and a sign that says like, hey, on this floor is this, on that floor is that. And if you look at that sign, you'll see a little Easter egg. I don't want to spoil it for you, but maybe you'll pick it up to, on your own. I'm going to need to look it up. Carry on. I'm <laughs> going to Google this. So the library doors open and you're, um, I'm sorry, you enter the library and that's where you watch the pre-show video where Rod Serling sets up more of the story for you. And then you exit out the library and you're in the boiler room basically and there's you know dim lighting pipes electrical panels things you'd expect in the boiler room but again it's been abandoned and then a cast member groups you into your elevator Allie, is it, i i'm still look i'm i can't find a picture of the um <laughs> ah there's a tower terror directory but it's a bit a little swell. i'll, I'll, I'll tell you to... afterwards i don't i don't want to ruin it for anybody yeah, that's fine. And honestly, I am going to see if I can figure it out based on this, the official blog of David somebody's image of the directory. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Mission Tower of Terror. Um, it's basically same sort of deal. You walk down a Hollywood street, you go around a corner, uh, past the theater, and you see the hotel. It is very grand and imposing. Um, the red car trolley line ends near there. So you could have taken the trolley to get there or you can board the trolley from there as well. The hotel looks like a historic building. Same kind of deal where you can tell it's old and when you're in the queue, it is like not well kept up with the cobwebs everywhere and the luggage all around. It's pretty much the same as Hollywood Studios. There is an outdoor portion if the line gets too long that is covered at least for the most part, if not completely covered. Uh, Mission Breakout obviously is in the same location. You can access it through Avengers Campus as well as by walking down the Hollywood Street. Uh, the building itself looks like a computer chip. Like if you took off all the like shiny coverings from your USB dongle and like looked at it on the inside, that's it's kind of what I think this building looks like. It's not very pretty. Um, there are Kirby crackles on the ground that make it look like it crash landed there from space or comic books. Kirby crackles are like the little lightning bolts that you'll see in comic books. Uh, and the queue includes so many Easter eggs, so many hidden objects. There is so much to look at. So I pulled together a list of some of the things that you can see in the queue. This is definitely not a comprehensive list. I pulled what I think are not necessarily 10 of the most interesting, but I think 10 of the most relevant for our conversation, as well as some of the most noticeable and recognizable things from the Avengers universe. So you can see the original Abominable Snowman from the Matterhorn. Uh, you can also see Figment. There is a bellhop hat, luggage tag, and books from the Hollywood Tower Hotel. There is a Novacore uniform. Cosmo the Space Dog is there. Uh, Loki's shackles from the Avengers series are there. You can see toy Mickey and Minnie's. Uh, the animatronic remains of Tom Morrow. The, 
the bionic leg from Guardians of the Galaxy when they're breaking out of the prison. So it's, you know, very, very appropriate to be there for Mission Breakout. And my favorite, the hollow head of an It's a Small World doll. Okay, so I'm pretty sure I've seen every single one of these except the hollow head of a Small World doll. And that is very creepy. It's very gruesome. I had to include it on this list. <laughs> I'm going to have to go find it and um, report back on how creepy and gruesome it really is. Yes, please do. <laughs> so Cosmic Rewind, some fun facts here. Uh, out front, there's a Star Blaster ship from the Nova Corps, and it's massive, and it's like kind of like the icon of the ride. And unless it's raining, there's generally a PhotoPass photographer out there, and they do a couple magic shots as well. So it's a great photo opportunity. When you enter the queue, you walk into the Wonders of Xandar Pavilion, and it's designed kind of like um, like a museum exhibit kind of thing. It's a big open room you first walk into. It's kind of circular in design, and your gaze is uh, attracted up towards the ceiling where there is a projection of like the Earth and other planets and stuff like that. And as you're walking through the whole thing, there's a narrator in the background explaining fun facts and what you're seeing and stuff like that. So as you wind through the pavilion, you pass by artifacts, diagrams, and uniforms relating to Nova Car the Nova Corps and Xandar. And there's a TV interview on repeat with Peter Quill. And he is stuck in the 80s. And he's referencing things from Epcot that don't exist anymore at the park. So if you're an Epcot fan, make sure you listen for veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit, and stuff like that. So eventually you move into the first pre-show where you learn some more of the story and Terry Crews tries to get a laugh out of everyone. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> and then the second pre-show has a really cool effect, which I'm not going to spoil for you, but it does open up more of the story. And then the doors open and you move on to the loading area where you see two different loading sides to board onto the roller coaster train. And we forgot to mention this earlier, but we are going to be as spoiler free as possible for Mission not for Mission Breakout, Cosmic Rewind, because yes. the ride is a year old. We know there are people who haven't made it out to Epcot to ride it yet. So there will be some light spoilers, but we are going to keep it as spoiler-free as we possibly can. Yes. So next, the music in the area for both Hollywood Studios, Tower of Terror, and California Adventure Tower of Terror. It's like old-timey music, something you'd expect from the 1940s. But as you get closer to the ride, it becomes kind of faded and spooky. And then when you're on the ride, you hear like the Twilight Zone do 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 with Rod Serling narrating different parts of the ride. For Mission Breakout, uh, Tyler Bates, who composed music for the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, also composed music for the queue. And it's kind of this ethereal sounding sci-fi-ish music. Um, that was the best descriptor I could come up with for that. When you're on the ride, there are five different song options that you might get. Um, it's totally random, so you could go on five times and get the same song. Uh, you could go on six times and get six different songs. So these song choices are I Want You Back by the Jackson 5, Hit Me With Your Best Shot by Pat Benatar, Give Up the Funk by Parliament, Free Ride by the Edgar Winter Group, Burning Love by Elvis Presley, and Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf. And with these songs, the scenes that you see are different depending on what the song is. So for Cosmic Rewind, it also has original music scored by Tyler Bates for the cue, and it's over two hours of original music. 
when you are approaching the launch, you hear an electrical electric guitar version of the original Universe of Energy Attractions theme song, which is pretty cool. Nice little throwback to old Epcot. But on this ride, there are also six different songs that you can get. Number one, September by Earth, Wind & Fire. Two, Disco Inferno by The Tramps. Three, Conga by Miami Sound Machine. Four, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. Five, Iran by A Flock of Seagulls. And finally, One Way or Another by Blondie. And I have been on this ride twice, and I got September both times. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's everybody's most favorite song on that ride. I that's yeah. not my favorite, to be honest. <laughs> I like Iran and Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Those are my two favorite, and the only one I haven't gotten is Conga. I'm still trying to get Conga a year later. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I I really wanted September, and I willed it too hard into existence that I got it both times, and then it followed me home throughout the entire trip, the entire two weeks I was in Florida. I could not escape that song. (laughs) Well, it should follow you forever, because it's basically my theme song. Yeah, I know. I will never forget your birthday, (laughs) CJ. (laughs) It's been immortalized by that song. Anyways, um, let's talk about the ride vehicle. So, you know, the Tower of Terrors, they're both elevator, freight elevator looking thing. Um, Each elevator has three rows with seven in each row and an aisle splitting the middle. The top speed is 39 miles per hour and it can reach that top speed in one and a half seconds. Now I'm going to talk about some of the engineering of the elevator and I'm not a mechanical engineer by any means. My degree's in history. Don't don't come at me for anything that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> I'm doing my best here. Yeah. So first of all, there's a vertical system, the up, down, dropping, and a horizontal system because at Hollywood Studios, it moves through a couple of show scenes. So Otis Elevator Company, everybody's heard of Otis. Um, they created the vertical system and Eaton Kenway built the horizontal portion of the ride. These elevator cabs are self-propelled, so they move on their own and they lock into separate vertical motion cabs. So basically you sit in one elevator cab and it rolls into a different one when it's ready to go up and down. There are two identical ride systems in the tower and a total of four shafts that merge into two. So if they need to take a portion of the ride down for refurbishment, they don't have to shut down the entire thing. They can just cut the capacity by half. It has the unfortunate effect of really increasing wait times, but it's better than the ride going completely down for who knows how long. After the drop, the elevators unload in the basement and then they move horizontally um, back to load the next group. There's cables attached to the bottom of the car that pull it down faster than a free fall. And um, there's two motors located at the top of the hotel and they can accelerate the cars at 15 times the speed of normal elevators. Oh. I don't <laughs> want it, CJ. I don't want and it. finally, it does have a randomized drop sequence, which has been randomly selected by a computer before the ride begins. How fast do these elevators go, CJ? I already told you they go 39 miles per hour. Oh, did you tell us how fast they can they can reach that? One and a half seconds. Okay. I I must have tuned that out completely. Yes, you uh, did. <laughs> Tower of Terror at California Adventure had the same uh style, you know, three rows, seven to a row, and aisle splitting the middle. Um, they did not get the cool shaft engineering that Hollywood Studios had has. Um, so basically at California Adventure, you load in, the car moves back to the drop shaft, the ride happens, then you move forward 
back to the loading and unloading zone. So it's not nearly as well engineered as the Hollywood Studios version. Yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm not I'm not really sure why that is because there was like 10 years or something between no 20 years. Yeah. Between when those two rides were built. So like why did they cheap out on the DCA version? Mission Breakout ride vehicles did not physically change. Um so same same cars uh they are just now called gantry lifts instead of freight elevators. So Okay. Tell us Cos- about Cosmic Rewind. <laughs> so there are eight trains total, five cars per train, two riders per row, two rows per car, 20 riders per train. <laughs> and it reaches a top speed of 60 miles per hour. Six zero. Gotta go fast. Wee! <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. What's our next topic here? Our next topic is the general storyline and route. So... There was a t- okay, there was a time, and I'm pretty sure I can still do this. We went on Tower of Terror at DCA so often, I had that intro video memorized. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the whole thing, but I will reference parts of it. <laughs> so basically, you're in Hollywood in October of 1939. It's clear the Hollywood Tower Hotel is a well-known hotel, a place where stars go. And then one night it gets hit by lightning. The visitors have disappeared and have entered the twilight zone. And it says, yeah. And all of that is, um, is set up for you in that intro video. So, uh, basically you become a passenger in a most uncommon elevator and you're ascending into an episode of the twilight zone. So the ride starts and you see the ghosts of the people from the video who have disappeared from, uh, from the lightning strike. And then they disappear again. They're, they're not ghosts. The ghosts just disappear. The lights dim and the window at the end of the hallway starts floating and shatters um, and the lights go completely out. And it says five people step through the door of an elevator and into a nightmare. That door is opening once again. And this time it's opening for you. The elevator then arrives in a new location where you move forward. It's different than DCA. You move forward through some scenes from Twilight Zone episodes. They're not really scenes. It's like looks like a storage area and there's props from the different episodes set dressings yes as the twilight zone music plays in the background and it's really ominous because like you don't know what's going to happen like where are you going when are you going to drop and then you see some stars and some lightning strike effects and it says you're about to discover what lies beyond the fifth dimension and then you enter the vertical shaft and starts the drop sequence the ride eventually ends after several drops and there's a photo pass shot there at the top um, and you're in some sort of basement with props from the Twilight Zone episodes. And this ride ends in a different place than where you started, unlike DCA, where you get off and you can like kind of see the next people waiting to board <laughs> in Hollywood Studios, like you are in the gift shop and the photo pass area, basically. And as you're approaching the the uh, like while the ride vehicle approaches its stop, the narrator says, the next time you check into a dirt- deserted hotel on the dark side of Hollywood, make sure you know what kind of vacancy you're filling, or y- you may find yourself a permanent resident of the Twilight Zone. So I'm not sure if it's implying that you're a ghost or that you've survived. I think that's open to interpretation. Uh, I like to think that, CJ, you're a ghost now. I mean, if you've seen my stomach and you've seen how white it is, you can know that I am a ghost. 
Okay, um, Tower of Terror at California Adventure is pretty much the same, only without any of the um, horizontal movement that CJ described. And instead, you get, like, when you're going up, the elevator pauses and the elevator doors open, and you get that, like, look at things and the little narration um, rather than moving forward. So, yeah, I like to think it's still there. Um, It's probably not, but... I like to think it is. So Mission Breakout, you have been invited to tour the facility, and the facility being the collector's collection. Uh, the collector wants to show off his latest acquisition, the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, who you learn in the pre-ride video, got tricked into um, <laughs> going for a tour of the facility and got themselves trapped instead. Uh, so they are being kept in these cages that are electrified that um, if they touch the sides of them, they get shocked. There's there's a whole thing about it in the video. Um, anyways, the guests are led into the collector's office um, where the collector starts a video, uh, but all of a sudden Rocket shows up because Rocket breaks out of everything. Um, so Rocket kind of takes over the pre-show, interrupts the video, and explains the escape plan to you, the guests. Basically, Rocket is going to um, disconnect the... He's going to blow up the generator and cut off power to the facility, which is going to open up all of the enclosures. This will allow the Guardians to escape. It will also allow everything else to escape, but that's a problem that, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy are here. They can deal with it. Don't worry about it. Um, so after after Rocket explains this, he grabs Peter Quill's Walkman and leaves the area. Once guests board the gantry lift, the collector tells the riders, this is the moment you've been waiting for. But Rocket is like, eh, forget this guy. Uh, unplugs something and plugs in Peter Quill's Walkman, which is when the music starts and so does the ride. So as, as I mentioned, the scenes portrayed vary based on what song is playing, but during the drop sequence, you'll see the Guardians entangled in various different escape scenes, as well as the traditional, you know, you get to the top and the doors open up and you can see the real world out there. That's just like the gorgeous view. The Guardians escape with Mantis on their ship. All thanks to you. Yeah, it's a fun ride, honestly. It's 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 pretty cool. So over at Cosmic Rewind, guests learn about Xandar and how the Xandarians used a cosmic generator to create jump holes that allows them to travel through the galaxy quickly. Guests are then teleported to a Nova ship for a demonstration of the cosmic generator, but oh no, it gets stolen. Ah! Nova Prime calls the Guardians for help. A celestial named Eson or Eson, I'm not sure, has stolen the generator and uses that generator to send Terra, which is Earth, through a jump point to the dawn of time so he can erase it from existence. Then he goes through the jump point. There's a power shortage. Oh no! Rocket comes in and suggests he can control the evacuation shuttles to have the guests follow him via jump holes. Guests board their evacuation shuttles and arrive at his location. The Guardians blast the cosmic generator, which opens another jump point back in time to the Big Bang, and everyone is launched backwards in an explosion. And by the way, during that part, they mentioned the Ding Dang, which is a reference to one of the old Epcot attractions that used to be there. Uh, vehicles then rotate on their axis to make it feel like space travel while the shuttles jump through multiple jump points, get the Nova Core to, to Eson, recover the generator, and then the Guardians lock the coordinates for Epcot and send the guests back home. And then you get off the ride. 
Yes. So let's talk about what we see when we get off of each of these rides. Hollywood Studios, you go to the PhotoPass scanners and there's a little sign that says picture, if you will, which is part of the Twilight Zone TV series. There's more props and stuff around there um, and then out through the gift shop. Yep. Tower of Terror at California Adventure. Um, I think it was pretty barren on props, just kind of like bare walls. You You really still feel like you're doing the whole like backstage boiler room type of thing. Um, but you do eventually make your way to the photo preview area and the gift shop. Uh, at Mission Breakout, when you're vacating, you can hear the sounds of escaping creatures. You can hear the collector being upset over losing his creatures and the guardians. <laughs> uh, Stan Lee asking if this is part of the tour and Howard the Duck being sarcastic. You then get to the photo preview area and the gift shop. So Cosmic Rewind at Epcot, you exit in a different area than where you loaded, and you head up a set of stairs immediately or an elevator uh, while various popular songs play overhead, and you head back outside in Epcot. There is a gift shop on the right after you get outside, but you don't have to go in the, the gift shop. So that's kind of nice. In fact, I didn't even really like realize where it was until I went on it a few times. I was like, oh, that's the gift shop. All right. Height requirements. All of the towers have a 40-inch height requirement, while Cosmic Rewind has a 42-inch height requirement. They are all open during fireworks, as well as the rain. All of these have a lightning lane. Yeah, I keep getting surveys about, like, would you prefer standby or virtual queue every t- like almost every time I go to Epcot? So I think maybe they might be getting ready to take it off of a virtual queue. Anyways, none of them offer a single rider. But if you are a single rider and you get to the boiler room portion of Tower of Terror, they'll start asking for single riders to fill in spots. So make sure you're listening. Yeah, they're big elevators. They have a lot of seats. Yep. All right. So this brings us to the showdown of showdowns. We have three showdowns to go through. Does one side, does one tower stand higher than the other? Forget what else we normally say here. But anyways, showdown time. So let's start <laughs> Let's start with Hollywood Studios, California Adventure, Tower of Terror, Twilight Zone edition. So, Uh, CJ. Yeah, this is very easy for me. It's Hollywood Studios just based on the fact that it's always had, well, not always, but in recent memory, it's had multiple drop sequences, whereas the Tower of Terror one, I'm sorry, the California Adventure version never had randomized drop sequences. So um, it's a better ride experience, and I like how they incorporate a lot of Twilight Zone references, plus the horizontal mo- movement. It's just a better Tower of Terror experience. Yeah, so I agree with you there, CJ. I do think that the Hollywood Studios version is better than the California Adventure version, and that really has to do with the engineering of the ride. It's the way that it, you know, there's multiple shafts. I just think that's really cool, and I don't know why California Adventure didn't get that version like they they could have done it they had time between you know the openings they could have done it especially since the dca version opened so much later yeah yeah Yeah. and i feel like the footprint of the attraction wouldn't take up any more room than it currently does so i don't think space is really a valid excuse i have no idea what their excuse is (laughs) i don't know (sighs) so next on our showdown list we have Tower of Terror at Hollywood Studios versus Mission Breakout at California Adventure. So for me, this one is easy. I'm going with Hollywood Studios version of Tower of Terror. 
I like Mission Breakout. I think it's a good upgrade, especially with the randomized drop sequences. But I think Tower Terror at Hollywood Studios, they do a better job at relying on actual props instead of screens. Like screens on attractions really like turn me off. Like it just, I feel like they can do more and it feels like a cheap way out or a lazy way out. And I just want to see them do a little bit more. Yeah, this one was hard for me. Um, Cause they're, they're... I don't like either of them. I don't want to go on either of them ever again. But I think you have a point with the screens. And I I don't know. It's just the engineering wins over for me again at Hollywood wow. Studios. So All right. There we go. Yeah. Uh, last showdown, we have Mission Breakout versus Cosmic Rewind. And I'll start with this one. Uh, my answer is obvious because only one of these will I actually go on? So it's Cosmic Rewind. It wins because I'll actually write it. So. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I'm actually going with Mission Breakout. Now, let me preface this by saying Cosmic Rewind is a really fun ride, but I'm looking at where they're situated and what the theming is in the surrounding area. And to me, Cosmic Rewind doesn't make sense in Epcot. It was like they just had an idea for an attraction and they were looking for the space to put it in. So they plopped it into Epcot. And I don't know. I just don't feel like it really fits in there thematically versus Mission Breakout at California Adventure. Now that they've got Avengers Campus, it makes a whole lot of sense. And I really like having it there. So Mission Breakout is the winner for me based on theming and story and where it fits within the park. All right. So that covers this episode. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, you will notice that this has been a very cursed episode. Um <laughs> If you're not watching us on YouTube, you haven't noticed how cursed this episode is, hopefully. We are now on our third recording session, so yeah. Uh, we started out this episode by saying this is our second, and now we're ending it with our third recording session <laughs> for this like episode. It's like a week and a half of recording this episode at various points. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, we I think we can thank the um, 999 Happy Haunts in the Tower of Terror for that. <laughs> There's happy haunts there. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find us on Instagram at park to park pod with the number two, or you can send us an email at park to park pod at gmail.com again with the number two. And what's our next episode about Allie? Next episode, we are doing the family e-ticket. So that includes Chippendale's gadget coaster, formerly known as gadgets, go coaster, the Barnstormer, Goofy Sky School, also known as Mulholland Madness, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and Slinky Dog Dash. Yeah, all really good rides, honestly. I mean, even though they're kids' rides or family rides, I enjoy them. Yeah, I enjoy most of them. All right, well, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. We like stars. And give us a like on, Insta on uh, YouTube as well. Like the video. Yeah, subscribe to us. Um, tell your friends about this podcast. Uh, tell your enemies about this podcast. Um, anything that you can do to get people to listen to us, we'll appreciate. Yeah. So, and yeah. I think thanks, that everybody. finally wraps up this episode. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we're good now. I'm worried about your audio levels, but... Oh, no. Um, we'll, fi we'll figure it out. Okay, we're fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> it, it'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. We cannot do a fourth time. <laughs> Um, cause we're running out of, we're running out of time. It's Friday and this episode comes out on Monday. So All right. 
We got this. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. See y'all next time. Thanks, y'all.